Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. This is the Improv Chronicle podcast. I'm Lloydie. It's Tuesday, sixteenth June, twenty twenty. While improv has made huge efforts to get online during the global pandemic, either in Zoom or podcast form, musical improv has extra barriers to overcome with the technology. And yet, musical improv classes and podcasts are still running. So how's that working? Various innovative solutions mean that musical improv may have been hampered by COVID-19, but it's finding ways to adapt. One musical improv podcast that's very much continuing is fronted by Jessica McKenna and Zach Reno, who form the comedy duo The Zach and the Jess, and who host a podcast that gives you a narrative musical based on an organic conversation. So what have been the technical limitations that Offbook has faced? Any sort of delay, which the internet has a very slight delay, but a delay nonetheless, means that if the pianist is not literally in the room with you, then what you what he does is slightly out of sync with what you do. And it's further complicated by the fact that Jess, who is now in a third room, is slightly out of sync with the other two things going on. And it just makes it a full nightmare to do live. So there are a couple workarounds for it. What we have been doing is having Scott and Brett, our pianist and guitarist, make tracks live um, that we don't listen to in advance by themselves. So they record them in advance. And then we download those tracks onto our computers and then we play them and sing along with them from our end so that they're sort of synced up. Another thing that a lot of groups are experimenting with right now is the pianist plays, the singer sings, it sounds in sync to the singer, and then the pianist inserts an artificial delay on what they're doing, and that lines everything back up before it goes out to broadcast. But that uh, is sort of a imperfect science, but it is another possible workaround. Where everyone is sort of like, it's, it is kind of neat to see musical improvisers and musicians in general banding together and sort of sharing their research to try to figure out how to do live music right now because it is uh very difficult over the internet both zach and i have both just been uh frank about there's just a little it's just a i mean on the scale it's no big deal but it is 
sad like it just is not um it's a bummer yeah it's a bummer that we can't uh really play off each other we're kind of just marching solo and taking turns and um playing with each other in the in-between but the songs themselves are we've been our workaround for off book has been to just sort of treat them as solo songs because uh now zach has been like proactive in trying to continue to solve this problem or make it better or make it easier but uh for whatever reason i like was having a hard time with zach's internet and i basically would not know anything really that he had sung i could get like every third word so for us who want to play not just um musically supportive but comedically aggressive i can't really yes and any like a comedic premise that i 33 percent of the song <laughs> that i sang so so the thing that i think zach and i love the most and have like cultivated over years and years of performing and working together is the bounce between us you know that really is more of our dynamic we were still doing it and I couldn't like put a finger on why it was so hard because technically like Jess and I can both sing full songs by ourselves. It's harder to have to, you have to carry the weight of the whole thing, but we can do it. But I would just, we would finish it and I would be like, why is this such a bummer? And I, I think what she's talking about is, is the thing. It's that improvising a song is actually not my favorite part about this. My favorite part about this is building something weird and stupid with her and, and sort of building something that I couldn't do on my own in, in a corner of a dark room, <laughs> just thinking to myself. <laughs> I can smell food on the air as it brings. And in Canada, online improvised freestyle rap is still happening regularly. I got the time to smell licorice if I wish. I could smell a red hot dish. I could even smell a fish. Uh, hi, everyone. My name is Dan Moser. I'm living in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada right now. And I love doing improv. I currently manage a group called Good Improv. And we do weekly live streams of improvised sketch comedy and improvised freestyle raps, and a little bit of kind of video game role-playing in there, too. I'm actually a big proponent of online improv. My group and I have been doing primarily online shows for the last kind of two and a half years, even before the pandemic hit. So to me, this is a really exciting time to kind of show the rest of the world what online improv can bring to the table. There is something, obviously there's something to be said for live performance where you have the audience there and everybody's jazzed up to watch, but there's something kind of neat about doing it, doing it recorded and seeing that magic form after the fact, when you're listening back to the file and saying, Oh my God, you know, even without the, the audience there to feed you, you can still come up with some really great stuff. So when coronavirus started, then you, you were a step ahead of everybody else. Totally. Yeah. I mean, basically what we'd been doing before is doing a weekly recording session at my studio here. And then I would kind of edit the best bits down and that'd be our show for the week. Now what we're doing is instead of that, we're doing a video live stream of our show. So the safety net's off a little bit, but we're already really prepared for this sort of thing. So we've been using a lot of uh, rap is a little bit, quote unquote, easier in this regard, I feel like, rather than having a live accompanist. Since we're just playing a beat file, we don't have to deal with another person like playing an instrument as well, right? Well, now you, you've got a background in this kind of thing as well, haven't you? Dan? Yes. Yes. It's been a little easier for me because I'm an audio engineer by trade. So I kind of have a little bit of an understanding of how this all goes down to begin with. Uh, my main, my main uh, problem, I guess, is some of the other people who I work with don't have necessarily that background. So trying to explain the concept to them can sometimes get a little get a little tricky. 
Uh, so what would you say to someone who is like missing musical improv, desperately wants to do it, whether it be on Zoom or another platform? Um, how, what would be your best advice to them? I guess just do it. You know, it, even if you got a little bit of out of sync problems and stuff, if you're doing it just for the joy of it, just go ahead and do it. If you want to make a, a more polished product, I guess, then I would say you're going to have to dedicate hours off internet to try to get it set up properly. That would be my main thing. Because the last thing I want to do on my on my improv channel is put out something that is technically inferior. I mean, improv is already such a such a touchy art form. You know what I mean? It's all already such a. It's so. I, I don't. I don't know how to describe it. It's already such a such a light thing. Like you could touch it and it falls apart. So having the tech issues in the way can easily throw that off. What have been the successes that you've had therefore putting stuff online? I think our biggest successes have been when I, we did the first thing that I said, when we make sure that we have a lot of fun with what we're doing. Because inevitably, even though we kind of have everything feeling right now and we kind of have the setup that we want and we're in sync most of the time and all that, there's still a lot of tech stuff that can go wrong. You know, you can have the internet glitch that's completely out of your control. You can have just a spike in traffic. You can have somebody else on your network watching Netflix and... And then it's all thrown off. So I think it's important to remember that even if the tech is there for you and everything's working perfectly, one second later, it could not be. Well, I guess that's what, it's a good job we're improvisers, isn't it? Really? <laughs> right, exactly. Yes. But the tech can be pretty daunting. What tech do we need? Robin Rothman is a musical improviser at the Magnet Theatre in New York City and performs with Nightshade, one of their house teams, as well as performing as a Las Vegas lounge singing character, Trudy Carmichael, in a one-woman improvised show. And so for a little while, while we were trying to figure out, like Justin Torres and Frank Spitznagel, who is our musical director at the Magnet Theatre, the two of them put their heads together and they really worked it out. They were like, because Justin is one of our improvisers. He's on Nightshade um, with me and he does voiceover work. So he has a really good like wealth of knowledge about audio setups and everything. So they ended up finding this, um, this, ser- this online streaming service um, called Listen To on Audio Movers. And Frank was able to plug his piano um, like broadcast himself online. And then it was like a separate feed. So uh, it really improved the sound quality of the piano. And slowly but surely, we started to use that and integrate that into our Zoom performances. And there is still, you know, a little bit of a delay when you're singing with a piano, but it's so much improved. And now it's like everybody's able to actually perform musical improv sets together. Um, Singing together is still a little tricky, but through, you know, through various like just, oh, we'll share, we'll split the verses. um, We'll sort of sing, you know, sing softly, doing backing vocals. Some people have done some trios, but, you know, it's, it's, it was like a whole new world opened up to us when Justin and Frank worked that out. So, um, so it's great because musical improv not the same at all but it is at least in some way back and we're, we're able to do it to some degree again dan in alberta has some more tech ideas too for people who are perhaps moving on from zoom i know a lot of people are using zoom and zoom is a good software for for beginners and all that and it's very easy to turn on and off the mic on and off the 
off the camera and all that stuff. So that's really great. I just, I guess I find that it tends to be a little bit more hit and miss. So, I mean, what we like to do is we like to use Skype. We kind of call in all into, we call into my computer here, like our main streaming computer. And that way we have a greater control of what we're putting out there. You know, with Zoom, it's kind of just wherever the picture is, that's where the picture is. So um, using something like OBS or XSplit to control your video feed, I think is a really great idea. Improvising on podcasts and in live shows is one thing, but how can we use the skills we have as musical improvisers in other ways? I'm Pippa Evans. I'm an improviser and musical comedian, and you might know me from some Radio 4 shows and also showstopper the improvised musical. We do one song to tell the story, one land of hope and glory. The showstoppers in the UK created an entire Eurovision Song Contest alternative last month. The Eurovision Song Contest, for those not familiar, is one of the most camp, ridiculous, beloved TV contests in the world, broadcast live every year from the home country of the previous year's winner. So how did the Showstoppers Alternative Eurovision come about? All of us delightful improvisers have discovered you cannot improvise musically uh, on Zoom uh unless it's just you and a piano like one person can do it but you cannot live improvise with a group and um as we're normally like 10 people on stage like a three-piece band and a chair and then the six people in doing that doing the acting um that's never going to work online so we were trying to find ways that we could still do exciting fun content that felt like it was showstoppery whilst it wasn't improvised so, Philip Pellew, you may not know, he's one of our wonderful team. He is a massive Eurovision fan, like crazy big. And um, every year he sends an email to us all outlining his <laughs> response <laughs> to every single Eurovision song. <laughs> and he's done this for like the past however many years. And we love it. We think it's so funny. Um, and so we'd already started talking about how sad it was this year we wouldn't get Phil's email. Um, and then um, I, I think it was Adam Megiddo and, uh, and Andrew Pugsley who were sort of thinking about what we could do and what was a way that people could be responsible for, for their own content. And ping, the idea came in, let's do an alternative Eurovision where the links are live because we wanted to keep that element of live. Um, so we'll do the links as is in a Eurovision, but everyone is responsible for their own song. I'm interested in how you recorded the songs. Um, how did you, like, was there an improvisational process to doing it? You know, I'm obviously you write songs as well as improvise them. Um, so what was yeah. the kind of Well, the process, well, no, there wasn't an improvised, no. I would say, well, I don't know. It depends how everyone write, wrote their songs. I don't, no one did their song instantaneously. Um, but everybody in Showstopper obviously has song writing capabilities or lyric production capabilities. Um, and I believe it's Stella Duffy who says writing is just improvising sitting down. Um, so we were just, uh, yeah, extemporizing onto a piece of paper. And then um, the person who had been given their country, so it was kind of allocated like fantasy football kind of thing. And uh, you got given your country and then you got paired up with one of our musical directors and then, you know, batted back and forth how you wanted your song to go. Got a backing track made, recorded it. Then you had to film yourself on your video, 
uh, singing the song, but you had to learn your song. You couldn't be reading it because we all know now that you can really see when someone's reading. <laughs> and um, and that's how it was done, really. Yeah. So in many ways, not improvisational in a sense, but definitely using all the skills that we've learned through many years of improvising. In an episode earlier this year, you may have heard my journey in New York to attend the New York Musical Improv Festival. And you may have heard me get off a subway train to the news that it had been postponed due to the pandemic. Well, let's go back to Robin Rothman, because she's one of the two producers of that festival, a festival that's now looking to go online. Yes, that has been something that we've been, you know, having in the back of our mind, kind of on the back burner for a while. Um, because we've seen some other, um, there have been some other online festivals. Um, and so now that we have the ability to do musical improv in some sense, we want to, we were like, you know, just thinking, let's try and make this possible. Let's try and make this happen because so many people were stranded in New York who came to perform from all of you, including you included your, your team included, uh, you guys came all the way over from the UK and um, so we don't know when we're going to be able to resume operations in New York City. Um, I think, you know, all the theaters are stage are phase four for reopening. So, um, you know, who knows when we'll be able to meet again in person. So in the meantime, if we can do a virtual, you know, online festival, that's something I think. So that's that's something we're, we're working on um, formulating. It looks like the festival may now go ahead in July and teams who are due to perform are in the process of being contacted. If you want to watch the festival or want more details, check the show notes of the podcast for links. So what happens next for musical improv? Jess and Zach from the Off Book podcast. Everybody will come out of this like raring to perform. Um, And I think that that's great. And it's really hard right now if you fell in love with improv uh, to feel disconnected from the aspects of it that make you love it which is probably the friends that you're making and made and the joy that you have performing with them um so I think like be kind to yourself and your teammates and don't uh worry that it's sad and hard it's not forever whatever like we're in a we're in a moment and it's a weird moment for live comedy and it's a weird moment for musical improv especially and uh yeah and it's going to pass in, in one way or another. It will become something else. And uh, I truly think the technology will be there to help people soon. But until it is, just like go to go to your improv gym, work, work your fundamentals. You'll be fine. It'll be great. Robin Rothman is hopeful that musical improvisers get the chance to use their voices as much as they can. You know, I think it's um, it's my hope that the musical improv continues and that people continue to want to do it um, online, even though Zoom fatigue is something that people are getting. And for those of us who love to sing, uh, it's important to keep singing and keep having a reason to sing because um, it's really like something that we live for and something that is, uh, is much needed in our lives in order for us to keep from slipping into a really dark place. Um, so... Yeah, so I hope that we just continue making musical improv online and hopefully, you know, in a festival and then, you know, doing it until we can finally come together and do it on the stage again in real life. IRL, as they say. 
Pippa Evans believes that taking the spirit of what you do and keeping it alive in some way is really helpful. Do you know what? The main thing has been about improv, and it's not probably just related to this, but it, I suppose it is inspired by this moment, was don't feel you have to transfer exactly what you do into another medium to stay doing what you do, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. That your you can take your essence into something else, and it doesn't have to be. So we didn't we didn't need to find a way to do showstopper the improvised musical exactly online. We needed to find a way that we could take the spirit of showstopper the improvised musical online. I think that's a really helpful thing to take back out. Actually, is don't get stuck in what you do. Just find the essence of what you do and apply that to every project. Next time on the Improv Chronicle podcast. The first signs of live. You'll hear from the improv venues that are tentatively opening up their doors again. The steps they're taking to keep people safe and how it feels to be back in some form. Are we seeing the beginnings of a return to how things were before in some parts of the world? The Improv Chronicle podcast is produced and presented by me, Lloydie James Lloyd. You can help the podcast right now. Please subscribe and rate us on your favourite podcast app. And if you have an idea for a possible future episode, go to improvchronicle.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.